Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Good afternoon, everybody. Today we're talking about how to pick the best search partner for you and your company. Picking a recruiter is not easy, but we are going to coach you on how to find somebody who has your company's best interest at heart. Today is all about landing your big fish. So I'm Rick Gerard, and this is the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to discuss and deconstruct insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts. Every week, we uncover tested tactical solutions to solve your company's most toughest hiring challenges. Hey, today is our one-year anniversary. This is episode 51, and I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in. So far, we've served. Woo! Round of applause. Thanks. Thank you all. Uh, so far, we've we've actually had over 47,000 downloads, and we're averaging about 7,000 downloads a month. And uh, hey, we're global. We got about 10% of our listener base is uh, United Kingdom, Sweden, Canada, Colombia, Australia, and India. So yay! So today, our guest, let's get to that, is Tom, the big fish Chaparro. He's the EV, uh, the executive vice president and general manager of the Newport Group. As uh, EVP and GM, Tom is responsible for firm-wide management, day-to-day operations, and quality control, as well as providing leadership and training to managers and staff. Mr. Chaparro combines deep, hands-on industry expertise in a variety of verticals with uncanny business insight for international marketplaces in which his businesses operate. Uh, with proven executive search experience and unmatched technical and and knowledge in general of the the real estate development, uh, construction, and oil and gas industries. Big warm welcome, Higher Power. Welcome to uh, Tom. Tom, welcome to the radio show today. Rick, thanks for having me back, and congratulations on one full year of Higher Power Radio. I think it's fantastic that you stuck with it. I know, right? And uh, I think about Putting yeah, on stuck well, with. <laughs> yeah. Well, I asked you how long you stuck with the same woman, and that was a good answer. Yeah. Um, the the thing when I sticking with it and having a podcast once a week for a full year is a commitment. And uh, congratulations to you, and thank you. Congratulations for the success that you're enjoying. Yeah. And I'm honored to be back on yeah. the one year anniversary. I, uh, you know, I I think. On my inaugural show, we maybe had two downloads, yeah, maybe three. <laughs> we had seven. Okay, so I wasn't sure whether or not I'd be invited back, but I, but you know, no, as, you know, it is probably more me than you. The guest was great. Me, on the other hand, uh, I needed a lot of work. No, so you're, you're you were great out of the gate. Shows to get my uh, get my shit together. Hey, you were speak. great out of the gate, and you're still great. You know, as I told my wife, I was coming on the radio today, this podcast, to talk about recruiting, and you know. I married the perfect woman for me. And she says, great, so you get to go on the radio in 30 minutes, for 30 minutes, and talk about being a headhunter? I said, exactly. She says, oh, boy, that'll be fun to listen to. So anyway, here we are today. The tough part is keeping it to 30 minutes for you and I. Oh, yeah, no. it (laughs) could could talk all day. It could go longer. So, you know, um, the reason why we're also having you back is we learned from Paul, who's our engineer and the owner of the station, that, you know, the first rule of Fight Club, I mean, not Fight Club, uh, podcast is that uh, you bring back your first guest a year afterwards? So hey, we're gonna we're gonna knock it even if today. they're a total slacker. You bring them back. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, again, it was more <laughs> me than you, my friend. So things we're gonna cover in today's show, we're gonna talk about you know really the basics behind knowing who your company is first. 
understand your expectations for your team and your company goals, and then how to evaluate a firm and choose the one that best fits your organization. Sure. So let's start at the beginning, where the root, where um, I, I find that I meet with a lot of companies, and um, a lot of times they just don't know who they are. Right. I don't know if you do that so much. You're probably a little bit more established businesses where I, I tend to function more. Well, we we work in, in a number of industry verticals. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our clients are very well established. Some of them are newer. You know, I mean, I, I, I wanted to, to bring up what a year it's been. I mean, when we, you and I met last year, the economy was starting to roll. Oh, yeah. And now we are at, at an unprecedented level of, of unemployment, the lowest it's been in our lifetimes. 2.8% in yeah. Orange County as of And in the industry verticals that we're working, the, the fight for ta- talent is more dynamic and, and more difficult than ever before. Yeah. So I think a company's uh, knowing itself and knowing uh, who they are and the value that they present to prospective candidates mm-hmm. is mission critical oh, yeah. to their to their process right now. I totally agree. Totally agree. So bringing it back to knowing who they are, um, I would imagine some of your companies are fairly established. You deal primarily with builders. And- I deal, personally, I deal in two industry sectors. I deal in the real estate development, primarily production home builders, okay. large publicly traded builders, as well as smaller, more entrepreneurial situations. Okay. And then I also have a strong background in the energy sector, the upstream oil and gas sector. Yeah. We moved into that sector in 2010 when the real estate development and construction sectors waned. Yeah. So now I have a foothold in both markets and they're both equally challenging. Yeah. Um, when things are good in the oil and gas sector, human capital is the number one priority. Everything revolves around that. And and attracting people is difficult. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine that's a little bit more uh, centric about like what oil prices are, right? It, yes, it, yeah. it is. Absolutely. And as we see the, the, the price of crude oil coming back up, we're seeing our clients jump back into the sector, Got and it. we're starting to see hiring accelerate. I've but been, you're also super clutch in uh, real estate. I know you guys. You guys are you're real. You have a great reputation in that space. Well, thank you. I, yeah. I, I we've worked hard to to earn that, maintain that. The Newport Group as a company, that's probably our strongest industry vertical, is the production builder and construction sectors. We do a lot of work on the on the straight development side, big land developers, things of that nature. Most of our work is West Coast-centric, although we do work uh, across the country. We're also very strong in the specialized construction sector, particularly the pipeline and infrastructure construction sectors. Nice. John Fitzpatrick, the founder of the firm, that's his personal space, and he's developed a team, and they're very, very busy. That, that sector has never really waned. No. And, I mean, and and building's it's, been booming. It's booming. It's booming. It's booming. And, you know, finding talent and helping clients attract and hire, that's what we do. Got it. And, you know, and, and I kind of got the, the, the tagline, Big Fish, because my job as my client's headhunter is to not only help them locate, but to help them hook and ultimately land that big fish. And that it requires a team effort. That requires a, a, a capable angler, yep. a capable captain. A capable deck crew. We have to have a decent boat. All right, we have right. to have all let, of those let, let's things. Let's go back to those references in a minute. I want to <laughs> okay. reel us back in here. Let, all right. Let's start with... Reel us back know, in. Of, okay. Yeah, reel it. us back in a little bit. So, okay. you know, there's three things that I find uh, when you're looking at companies, or at least what I evaluate, and I think most companies should think about when they're when they're trying to find 
um, a source for recruiting for them. Sure. One, they should know what their company core values are. Sure. What their culture is. Right. You know, and and at least have a plan for success or a plan for hiring. Right. Would you agree with that? I would totally Anything agree. Else you would add to that? And we work with our clients on all three of those aspects. Although yeah. we're not a we're not a consulting firm per se, in that we're going to come in and help a client define their mission statement. Yeah. But we are we do get involved after the the, the company and most of our clients those are already already established yeah. and they're a little farther along in their cycle. But where we get involved is really helping them put together a a a executable hiring strategy. Okay. And we're not involved in mass hiring for our clients. We're not a company that you would hire to bring in fifty people. We do we're very specialized and we work primarily on the managerial level and up and very targeted specific you know, fishing expeditions on behalf of our <laughs> clients to help them uh, execute right, and, and get that key talent. This is going to be a wet episode. And, you know, and yeah, and you know, I, I it, with the situation that we're facing and the critical talent shortage that we're in right now, I don't know how a company can effectively compete for real talent, A-list talent in the market without developing a meaningful partnership with a search group for instance like the Newport group and we're not the solution for everybody and I'm not a, I'm not here to pitch the Newport group as your solution Oh you're doing a good job of pitching but it we're my not, we're not <laughs> well I can't help it you know but Always a salesman I love it Yeah but we're not but but it's more of you know what resources are really available you know the you know Rick you and I were talking about this earlier the internet has has created this false sense of information for companies sure and they they there's a, they're an, called job boards job board well there's a belief <laughs> an internal belief at companies that you just post an ad or you just reach out on linkedin and you can attract and hire the a talent and i i don't know if organizations really understand what goes into to and the timing that's required to attract and hire the real talent that they're looking for and so that really comes down to understanding your company needs, right? Right, and then you defining your expectations. So let's talk about needs versus wants because this is something that I find kind of fascinating. A lot of times when I look at when I meet with a company, I look at their job description they send over to me, which is usually a want list, right, or a wish list, right? What the company needs sometimes is, or what I find most often is not what they want, what they what they've written down, right. And, and I think that's a, a big differentiation that we need to kind of help somebody to look at is what your ego should not be in, in the consideration for what the company really needs. Well, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned ego because I am, have been very successful in the real estate development and builder sectors, which come with a lot of ego. <laughs> okay. No. Nah. And, and uh, well, it's, it's, I think that is, is true in any successful organization. Sure. It, it, it's interesting. I found that in the oil and gas industry, there's a lot less ego at play than, for instance, in the real estate development and the home building business. That's just a, a personality trait I've noticed. Yeah. But that's a that's a topic for another podcast. Yeah. The what what companies need and what they want are are usually several Degrees spectrums apart. apart. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we get in and we start. We we do a critical needs analysis yeah. for our clients. And we really talk about the the realities 
of what they will be able to hire and what the what the market perception is of their organization at this time. That was our discussion in our very first podcast. How do we deal with companies and how do we attract people to the B list or the C list? Oh yeah, that's right. That was and so so long ago. Yeah, yeah, it's been a year. I don't remember what happened last week. It's been fifty-two <laughs> podcasts. So that hasn't changed. And yeah. and part of our needs analysis with clients is understanding who you are, how you're perceived in the market, who would be attractive, and really what are the, the, the prerequisites for the role, but who's really going to add value? You know, Well, when, defining expectations, I think, is, is a key piece. It is it, a right? key piece. So you, you need to actually be able to sit down and define out what the person needs to accomplish in a specified amount of time. Well, right? it, there's a time frame. There's, the, there's a three-month, six-month, nine-month, one-year, two-year... You know, there's that kind of approach, and yeah. that's the approach we take with clients when we start to do needs analysis. Yeah, I do a three and one year. Yeah, yeah. but it, but as important is what is the reason that somebody's going to come to your organization? Companies will give us a job description, and we typically wad it up and round file it because, like you said, that's a want list. And it's a punch list of what the person's going to be doing on a day-to-day basis. We work with our clients in developing what we call a comprehensive position profile. Yeah. So you're writing the job description, essentially. But it's them. not just a job description. But it's more of a vision. I, I got you. I got you. Okay. But I mean, it's your job description that you work off of. as, right. And it's what you present to your, your, your candidates you recruit. Right. As opposed to that. I, I think of everything that you see advertised as a job posting. Right. It's not really a job description, although they right. call it that. Um, and it's just, it should be just a, a wish list posting. <laughs> right. Like well, a, a, a well-written position profile is really a marketing piece. Yeah. Boom. And right there. It's right a marketing piece. And, and a good search consultant is going to be a, an extension of your marketing out in the candidate universe okay and so that's this, what we do and this is what leads us to the difference between two different types of recruiters right one you have is the order taker right and one's the driver right i consider you and i to both be drivers because we get in the seat and we take the wheel and we make it happen so that would be something that you really have to think about is do i want somebody driving this or do i want somebody who's just going to take my order Right. Well, there's there's a, a misconception amongst hiring managers and companies that the more order takers they have associated with their, <laughs> the faster they're going to fill the role, and the more yeah. and, and the more individuals that they're going to see, and well, actually, they'll definitely see more individuals. They'll definitely well, see more resumes. Well, but they but the but the, the more the, the the they believe that they will see talent, real talent that they would not uncover unless they used multiple agencies on the project. All right. So here's tip number one for all hiring managers. Guess what? Hire an admin, join the job boards, and those are the people you're going to get. <laughs> exactly. All right, Tom, we're going we're gonna to expand on this a little bit more in a, a quick moment. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking to Tom Chaparro, the executive vice president of the Newport Group, Big Fish, as we like to call him here in the studio. Uh, we'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, this mentality. And then we're going to help you guys determine the best type of search for your specific needs. 
You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. This is our anniversary episode number 51, and our guest is second-time guest and uh, I want to say recruiting mogul, Big Fish Tom Chaparro, <laughs> the executive vice president. I just of the love what group. I do. I, you know what? Yeah, I what just I'm... love what I do. And your passion comes across the radio, which we love. All right, okay. so before I cut you off, we were talking about kind of recruiting mentality and there's two schools of thought you have the order taker and then you have the driver right right so um let's kind of help our our audience to kind of identify which one will work best for their environment and i think a lot of companies are so used to the order taker right right and and i think i want to differentiate or or expand on order taker and driver I, i consider it order taker or partner okay my philosophy is is one of partnership with sure, clients, sure. and it, and it, it boils down to a couple of simple things. Number one, if you if you are prepared to pay a significant search fee, I like how you went up beyond a better word, by the way. And are well, <laughs> you know, I'm, it, just, I'm totally kidding. You're just another hiring manager. No, so so it, it, when I'm discussing search philosophy with sure. a, a a new client, or we're looking at at helping them. Uh, uh, tackle a particularly urgent need mm-hmm. or a mission critical need. My, I, I remind them that they're prepared to pay a significant search fee, sure. and our search fees are a percentage of base salary. And you know, as the original trainer Phil Ross in the in the executive search industry used to say, when clients would ask him why his fees were so high, he would say, "Well, I send my kids to good schools. My wife likes to drive a nice car, and I like to live in a nice home." And I kind of follow <laughs> suit with that. In that, you know, um, we work very hard for our money. Yeah. But if if I'm an organization and I'm going to pay a significant fee for an individual, I want to get something for the effort. Sure. And what I mean by that is I want an objective perspective from my search partner. I want to know that the appropriate number of stones were turned over and that the market was thoroughly vetted and that I'm not just being sold an individual so that I hire them and a fee is paid. So And that, and that's that's the biggest pitfall. That is the pitfall. Yeah. And that, I think that's really systemic with contingency search. Well, or, or order takers. Yeah. I call it the spray and pray method. Okay. Where you never sp- heard that before. Where you spray <laughs> resumes out there and you pray somebody gets hired. Absolutely. And if you're going to pay and you're going to pay a fee, whether it's a contingent or All right, so let's define this a little bit before okay. you so first you have staffing agencies, which are right. basically your kind of lower end temps, right, and clerical, and, clerical and, and, and that sort of warehouse thing. and things of that nature. Contingency search is primarily, hey, we find you candidates, you hire one, you pay us a fee. Right. Just straight. I came from that world. Um, As did I. Yeah. And and uh, it was very much a spray and pray mentality. Right. When I was coming up through the rank, when 
through training. It was about, I had to work with anywhere between 20 to 30 companies. And when I got a candidate who was good, that candidate went out to all 30 of those companies. Right. I didn't care who hired them. And as a matter of fact, my mentality, what I was taught by my, uh, my manager was that the company that pays the highest fee, that's the one you're going to kind of push that candidate toward. Right. Right. And you were creating a bidding auction between yeah. companies for the same guy, which is... Exactly. Which doesn't serve your clients very right. well. Then we have retained, which is client-based, and, right. and we're buying. And then, of course, you have in-house recruiters, right? Right. And those people are fully vetted and like embedded in the company. Right. All right. So... Uh, just to clarify, too, you and I both do retain search, right? Or or a version of retain search. Right. I do engage search, and as do I. Yeah. So, and and that is a a, a financial commitment up front with yeah. the balance of the fee being paid in a success fee at the conclusion, the successful conclusion of the project. Yeah. But the benefit is that you know we both have some skin in the game, right? And you're committed to giving me feedback, and I'm committed to providing my service to you, and you know I feel like. For me, I really want this company to succeed, and I'm I'm all in, 100%. All my clients know that I'm when when I talk about the client, the company, I'm talking about you know as if I'm part of the company. Well, work for us. Working under those circumstances allows us to recruit in the open. Yeah. So we're not uh, trying to withhold information to potential candidates about who we're working for and what the position is Yeah, because we're not afraid of other agencies getting wind of it and sending their guys in. But more importantly, it, it makes it an objective relationship. It's not transactional. It's not transactional. Yeah. It's, you know, I don't care if you hire my guy, my guy, my guy, or my guy. All right. And as your consultant, I'm, we're talking about the pluses and minuses. We're talking about the, whether or not somebody's really going to move forward. And, and I find that, that engaged search consultants really understand what's at stake for the individual when they are considering making a job change. Yeah. There's a tremendous amount at stake for the company and making poor hires is a very expensive and, and it can be devastating for some companies. Absolutely. Yeah. But think about the individual. Yeah. Now, when the individual gives up five, six, eight years of political capital and knowing in an organization and takes that leap and it wasn't fully vetted and there wasn't a thorough understanding and people were caught up in the moment, so to speak, yeah. and it doesn't work out, it's even more, it can be even more devastating for, for the individual. Well, yeah, for the individual. And the company's going to re recover. They're going to hire somebody else. But for an individual, it could be a, a, a career hiccup. Yeah, it could be. So we're looking at, at making sure that we're serving all parties. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. And ultimately, our clients are the ones who are paying us. And our job is to make sure that individuals that are put forth in a search are thoroughly vetted, ready, willing, and able, it's got to make sense. And you, you know can't what? have that in a contingent, straight-up contingent relationship yeah. because if my guy doesn't get hired, I don't get paid. Yeah. So guess what? My guy is going to be the best guy. Yeah. All right? And in an engaged methodology, it's this candidate is appropriate. Let's If the whole pool isn't appropriate, let's go back to square one and let's, yeah. re, let's reconduct the search. Yeah, I don't mind taking a pool of three or four candidates and saying, hey, okay, none of these are fit. Let's start over. Right. And you, and you should do it because and that's what serves. You're, you're judged on your ability to make sure that that person is the right person. And the talent pool's finite. It's not a deep pool. It's a fairly shallow pool for every search we take on. And that's another misconception that companies have. They think there's hundreds of people 
out or, there. Or they think we press some magic button in our database. Right. And, and just spits out candidates. No, it's built on uh, those <laughs> candidates come from years and years of relationship building. But also and, some of the searches you take on are fresh and you don't know any players. I mean, you have to do a lot of research into it. And absolutely. Build that up. absolutely. Even when you have a great database and I've got a database of over 200,000 candidates, right. but you know, how many am I going to touch when I have a search? Probably we not tend, that many. Well, we tend to work in markets where we, we've established market mastery. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we're in markets that are large enough where we're able to make the number of searches in successful searches and complete them yeah. in order to hit our revenue goals as a company, but small enough where we understand the market, we understand the players, we understand who's at what company and when it makes sense for them to be approached. Yep. And that's a, that's a key part of working with a good, engaged consultant. All right, so what should a company look for so we, we we've kind of determined what the what the needs would be depending on like what type of search would be best, and I don't want to make this a, a thing where we're pitching uh, retained no, search. No, but I, I you know you and I passionately both believe that frankly it's the best. It's method. a better use of capital but, for the company. But, but what should a company? What for should some they companies? S- it's it's really contingency might be the best way to go. Well, it, de- you know? it could be, and and in certain situations when contingency is the best way to yeah. go. And, and when you look at when you look at large companies like Amazon, they all have everything in house. I right. mean, they're big enough to where they've got so many roles. I mean, they they don't need anybody outside. But Rick, so, you were going to ask me what's key in choosing a search partner. Yep. And there's there's two things that I would recommend to a company. First of all, it is work with somebody that you trust. Yeah. That you absolutely trust. That knows that you have the the company's and the hiring manager's best interest at heart. Yep. Okay. Number two. Work with somebody that you feel can take your message, your company's message and value statement, and articulate it effectively to the candidate base. Those are the two things. So you got to pick somebody that you that you trust, and then you need to pick somebody that you are confident can get the attention of that big fish. That is that they're going to be listened to, respected, responsive to. I, I would add one more thing to that. Okay. Somebody who's passionate about your company. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that passion comes through. And Absolutely. That, that so you don't really have to sell so much when you're passionate about it. Right. Something. Well, that, yeah. that's the individual that can take your message out to the candidate marketplace yeah. and can, and using what I we talked about, the principles of ethical influence, can present it in a way that is believable, that is uh, tangible, and is desirable for a company. That's how you attract talent to your organization. You know, there's there's one other thing I was kind of thinking about too is is process. Right. You know, you should have a thorough understanding when you're vetting recruiters you're going to work with what their process is. Right. And see if it jives with what your perception of what it should be right and how they're going to attract the people that you need yeah well and you should you should ask them yeah. how do you go about do you meet people no. do you skype interview how how much background checking do you really do how well do you know this your candidate universe how long have you been in the sector etc cetera, etc cetera. those are all tell, things tell me about the last meetup you went to that was in this space right well i'm in tech so that's a little bit more relevant relevant you know how much networking do you do what do you you know those things are pretty important. And then actually run into the process of, okay, when you engage somebody, how do you engage them? Right. 
you know, what, walk me through a scenario where I, I like behavioral questions because it gives me insight as to how somebody thinks and how they process things. Sure. So walk me through, you call me up and I'm a candidate. Walk me through how you're going to recruit me for your company. I'm just going to throw money at you. <laughs> no, you know, our recruiting process, it's really going to, it's going to, it's going to depend upon whether or not it's an existing relationship we have or a new relationship. And typically when we're approaching a fresh prospect, we talk a little bit about our client's opportunity and then we stop talking and we listen and we start asking open-ended questions of an individual. Like, Rick, all right, how long have you been there? What attracted you? We start to try to understand the the psyche of, of that individual. Yeah. You know, what, I, what, I start with the career wound. That's yeah. My, that's my big thing. I, I got it. I, I figure, like, hey, if I'm going to... But it takes a while to uncover their career wound. I can get it to it, like, in the first 20 seconds. Yeah, but see, I think that, I think that you're, you might be better served by starting to develop more of a, of a personal well, we're gonna human, do agree to disagree on that human one. rapport yeah. and start to understand why somebody has done what they've done up to this point and then from there start talking about motivations for change career wound is a motivation for change and we absolutely want to go there but is it in the first 20 seconds maybe maybe not for first minute for me well here's the thing i mean like and you're in you the tech at, space and i'm not working with no but I, i'm not just purely tech i i've actually um taught this to a lot of companies that have been outside tech is that when when you call somebody to recruit them the quicker that you can get them talking, the more they trust you. Sure. And and the more talking you do, the less they sure. trust you, right? So sure. just as a general rule, if Absol- you get, I agree. The number one thing that you like talking about and that I like talking about is ourselves. Right. Right. So if I can get you talking about yourself as quickly as possible, and I could loop it around to why you might be open to hearing about something potentially stronger at this point in your career. Right. Now I've got a situation where I, I feel like uh, almost everything that you tell them in the beginning of a call that you used to establish credibility for yourself, right, right. they don't listen to it. It depends. When we approach a fresh prospect, we're very deliberate in this is why we're calling. This is this is this specifically why I'm reaching out to you today. This is the opportunity that we're that we're talking about. Is this a good time to have a discussion? And if not, when can we sit down and have a candid discussion about this and about other things that are going on? And I've been very, See, very... My only, my only thought on that and where I was running into a lot of hurdles with that is when I would discuss why I was calling and what the opportunity might be. What if they don't want that? I don't know anything about what this person wants yet for me to kind of do that. But, I understand yeah, that. Yeah. But but there, there's also the 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 ability to take that opportunity's message to the street in a way that there's just enough chum in the water, okay, (laughs) so that we might be interested in swimming back around and taking another look at it. And that's all we're looking for is for you to take another look. We're not, given that we're in an engaged capacity, we're not interested in you taking an interview for the sake of taking an interview. We want to, to create a forum for us to have an open discussion as to not whether or not this particular situation makes sense right now, or if any situation makes sense now, and if not now, when might it make sense? All right, so now I'm getting the wrap-up signal from Paul, our uh, engineer here. So we're, we're just about running out of time, and we. So just to just to loop it back around really quickly, how to pick the right recruiting partner? Look at your needs, and then figure out 
get an idea of the process, their cultural and business understanding, and the passion that person has Absolutely. for your company. Absolutely. And use them. Exactly. I mean, we'll make it really simple for you. <laughs> Tom, That's thanks. a good start. <laughs> yeah, right? Tom, thanks so much for your time investment it, today. And welcome back to the Higher Power Radio hey, Show. Thanks for having me yeah, back it was on. Great it was, having you congratulations on. on a year. It's been great. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored you. to be back. Now, uh, hey, I, um, I'm sure there's people out there that want to reach you. How do they get you? Best way to reach me is either via the telephone at 760-944-0285 or via the email. Tom, T-O-M, at Newport Search, one word, NewportSearch.com. Look us up on the web at www.NewportSearch.com. Or on the weekends, you can find Tom actually out in the ocean following the bluefin tuna. Right? Absolutely. On the 43 <laughs> bank, coming up. There we go. <laughs> so I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts. Yay. Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Kim Iverson, our producers. To listen to this podcast and any of our former podcasts, you could check us out at Hire, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, radio.com, or Higher Power Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube, and Spotify. Follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Higher Power Radio Show, or you can follow me on Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. So we have another great show lined up for uh, you guys next week. Our guest will be Nicole Arvizu, the Chief HR and Compliance Officer at Marical. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 